I've got for you. Whew, it's one I'm really passionate about. It's called For His Cause. And so when I say God played that song, so when God played that song, I'm like, oh, Lord, <laughs> yes. I feel like it's the right message. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. So and the message that, yeah, that I have, it comes from um, in the Bible. It's quite good. Good place to get things. Um, 1 Samuel 17 chapter 17, verses 20 to 29. So I'm just going to, if you've got your Bible, feel free to read along. Um, If not, it's okay. I've got it all written out here and I can read it to you. Okay. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse, who was his father, had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in the battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then he talked with them. There was the champion. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all of the men of Israel, when they saw the men, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Then David spoke to the men and stood by him, who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So it shall be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Imagine that. You're just a young boy. And all of your brothers are out in the battlefield. Every day where you're tending your father's livestock, you think of your older brothers, how brave they are, what they must be facing in battle. Sometimes you worry about them, only just for a moment, because you know beyond all doubt that they are fearless warriors, bravely staring death in the face. You're assured that they are unbeatable. You look up to them and dream about the day when you are going to be a man just like them. Then, one day, an amazing thing happens. Your dad comes to you and says he wants you, that's right, you, to go to the battlefield and to take food to your brothers and bring back a report of how they're doing. Because obviously, every parent is going to worry if their children are out in the battlefield. Your day is here. You get to go and see your brothers in action firsthand. All of those times you've imagined seeing them in battle, none of it compares to what you're going to see today. You're going to see them in action. So off you go, picnic in hand. Always feel like you're skipping, don't you? Um, and when you get to the battle camp, you get quite a surprise. Your brothers are not the fearless warriors you imagined. In fact, the whole Israeli army are cowering in fear, afraid all while the enemy taunts them. Not just like schoolyard taunts where you, you know, pull the pigtails of the girl you like, but full-on taunts, jeering and mocking. And they have the audacity to mock not only the army of Israel, but their God as well. They are mocking your God. How dare they? And all this time, these fearless warriors, you know, the ones that you looked up to, you know, immortalized in your imagination, the ones that you dreamed about becoming, 
not only are they cowering in fear, but they didn't even bend an eyelid. Mm -hmm. it just, it didn't affect them. They're like, oh yeah. As if it was normal to have their God mocked. They stood by, trembling in fear, becoming more and more defeated, day after day after day after day. Their shoulders, which had been so strong and upright when they went into battle, now hung in shame. How must David have felt arriving at the battle camp to find out not only were his brothers defeated in spirit, but that the entire army of Israel stood silent as his God, the one whom David worshipped with all of his heart, who he loved above all else, was taunted and ridiculed. Even the promise of future riches and gifts from the king was not enough to make the army rise and fight. Instead of being terrified with the rest of the army, David was completely incensed. How dare they not fight? Is there not a cause? Now, I had a look in the dictionary, because it's always good to get, you know, dictionary things. Um, and the meaning of the word cause is the producer of an effect, result, or consequence. The one, such as a person, event, or condition that is responsible for an action or a result. A basis for an action or response, a reason. A goal principle served with dedication and zeal. Now, I love that, a reason. Or a goal served with dedication and zeal. Now, God, David served God with dedication and zeal. God is the reason he rose up to fight. A young boy, pimples and all, risked everything for his cause. Now, you can tell when someone is completely passionate about a cause because they live, breathe, eat, sleep it. Like, you're one of those people, and you're like, oh, would they just shut up? They keep going on and on about the same thing all the time. But it's because they're passionate. You know, they've found something that, that stirs their heart, that stirs their spirit, and they can't wait to share it with everyone. You know, it's like kids at Christmas time, they want to show you all their presents. Look how awesome this is. So cool. You know, they just want to share it with everyone. If someone was to describe what you are passionate about, the cause that you live for, what would they say? You know, is it finding that special someone, career, money, power? Are you living to be famous? Is it a charity or an injustice that you are fighting against? Would people say you are living for something bigger than yourself? Or would others think that you're living just for you? You may know what you're passionate about, but do those around you. Is it obvious? Now, what are you living for? History is made by passionate people abandoned to a cause, not only by those, not by those waiting for something amazing to happen to them. You can't change the world from the comfort of your couch. You've got to rise up, put one foot in front of the other, and step out the front door. You know, we can't change the world from in here. That's why one of our values is um, build community. We have to be out in our community, loving our community. And not in a weird kind of like creepy Christian way, like we have to love them in a real way. <laughs> Don't go out being the cringy Christians. Okay, the ultimate cause is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason to serve with dedication and zeal. Paul wrote in Galatians, um, for my part, I'm going to boast about nothing but the cross of their master, Jesus Christ. Amen. Because of that cross, I've been crucified in relation to the world, set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns that they dictate. Can't you see the central issue in all of this? It is not what you and I do, submit to circumcision, reject circumcision. It is what God is doing. And he is creating something totally new, a free life. All who walk by this standard are the true Israel of God, his chosen people, Peace and mercy be on him. 
Now, Paul was the ultimate example who was sold out for the cause of Jesus Christ. I mean, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was thrown in jail. You know, like, I don't know how many of us would kind of go, okay, that's it, I've had enough. You know, and he didn't have that like once or twice. He had that multiple times. <coughs> but the cause of Jesus Christ meant more to him than his own life. You know, and he was passionate, he served with dedication and zeal. So how do we think about the cause? Because my heart is to see people step into all those that God has has for them, to to have a revelation of the identity that Christ has created them for. I believe God has created each and every one of us individually. Um, He's created us on purpose, for a purpose. No matter what your circumstances are, whatever you've been told, you are not a mistake. God created you. God designed you. You know, and he has created you for a purpose. And you may not know what that is. You may not know, you may not know God yet. But he knows you, and he loves you exactly as you are. And, um, and every time I think about that, like, it's kind of hard to comprehend. Because you're like, he loves me. He knows all of my faults. And trust me, there's quite a few. Um, but, you know, he loves me anyway. And so why wouldn't I give my life to serving him? You know, um, the cause will awaken things bigger than you. Um, Matt Fielder, who is, he was the young adults pastor at Planet Shakers, he's now um, pastor of, I think it's called Kingdom City Church in Kuala Lumpur. Um, he says, inside you is the capacity to do something so radical you wouldn't believe it even if it was written down and you read about it later. Now, sometimes it's so much easier to read, think, oh, that person's really awesome. I can believe that they can do amazing radical things for God. And I can believe that this person can do amazing radical things for God. But in each of us, each of us has the capacity to do something so radical for God that other people would look and go, wow, that's amazing. I can see that. But we find that hard to believe for ourselves. Now, there are times where I look at the call of God in my life and I'm like, Let me, like, I struggle with it. And then I'm like, oh, if it was on that price, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. But because it's on my life, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Am I, is it, I don't know. I don't know. You know, can you shrink back? No, God didn't create us to shrink back. Um, One of my favourite quotes, I have no idea where I've got it from, but it's just one I love. It says, here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them, but the one thing you can't do is ignore them. Because they change things. They push the human race forward, and while some may seem as as the crazy ones, we see them as genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who actually do. If the dream that you have is something that you can achieve all on your own without needing God, maybe you need to look again. You know, throughout the Bible and history are countless examples of God causing people to have a cause, a dream bigger than themselves, that in their own strength and with their own limitations, where there was absolutely no way they could they could influence anything or anyone. But with God, these people sold out to the cause they had changed the face of history. And Moses had a stutter, yet he spoke as God commanded and delivered a nation from slavery. Esther went to the king to save her people, knowing that she may perish. Mary was a virgin that became the mother to the Messiah. These heroes of the faith who he looked to had to trust in God to fulfill their dream. It was with him and through them that they could be victorious in their cause. That's right. You know, the dream, the cause is bigger than us. It's bigger than us. If you go, oh, there's no way I can do this, 
then it's okay. It's God. And the great thing is, you don't have to do it because God will do it in it and through you. He call, He equips those He calls. He will surround you with people. He will surround you with resource. He will encourage you. He will lift you up. You know, you will not fail. What He promises, He follows through with. It's quite exciting, kind of scary too, because it kind of gives a bit of sense of responsibility and weight. You know, so often. Um, I remember seeing years ago um, new, new Christians and they're so passionate, it was so awesome and um, they're just like on fire and telling everyone about Jesus and, and how like their life has changed and they're going to go do this for God and that for God and they're going to go to Bible college it's going to be awesome and then you hear people go yeah, it'll change it'll, it'll calm down soon it's okay, the, the new Christian will be wrong and it'll be okay, they'll settle down I'm like, no I don't want to be a person who settles down, who goes that that love of um, what it is to know God for the first time, to have that revelation of what He has done for me, that revelation that I am saved, that that you know my life has changed, that I'm forgiven for my sins. I don't want that to be dimmed down. I don't want that passion for Him to be dimmed down. I want it to be channeled into what He has for me. But sometimes it's easy to go. Oh yeah, the camera Christian, you know, I just go to church on Sundays and I just kinda of wander around and it's okay, you know. I don't want that. The cause oh, the cause will cause us to think of, to dream bigger than ourselves. And I want to encourage you, church, to continue to dream, to continue to believe. If you've let dreams go, I want to encourage you, maybe it's time to look at picking them up again. You might think, you know, I can't do this, the circumstances don't work for that. But you know what? God's above circumstances. And I've seen him change circumstances time and time and time again. Another thing about the cause is the cause has a price. Matthew 10, 39 says, Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. I love the message version of that. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. The cause of Jesus Christ is a price. It costs us to follow him. Many don't understand why we live the way we do. It doesn't make sense to give up good paying jobs and, the secu- and you know, security, nice house and everything, to go and live in a hut with a cannibalistic tribe in Papua New Guinea. But people do it all the time because, well, not all the time, Otherwise, Papua New Guinea be quite condensed with a lot of people. So not all the time, but they do do it um, because they have a passion for their heart and their heart to share the love of Jesus. Now, I, we've got friends, and, and this is what they do. They packed up their tribe of one, two, three, four, five children and went to Papua New Guinea for a few years. Now the children are all grown up. They've come back. But now the parents, they go back on a regular basis, you know, and they give up, you know, regular salary, comforts of home, flushing toilets, to go and live in the middle of nowhere where you've got to get there by boat and plane and kayak and um, to go and share the love of God. And it's just so inspiring. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, send them. But um, (laughs) Because I'm glad that's not my call. I've got something different. But, um, But how awesome is it to see that? But it costs them. It costs them time with their grandchildren and, and stuff. But the reward in heaven, the reward from God in that, and what they see God achieve and what God does in that is just so incredible. 
You know, the cause of Jesus Christ involves sacrifice. We have a different standard for success and for what is important. Now, Ray and I made the decision a long time ago to go with the direction that God had for us. You know, we decided that, okay, God, these are what we want to do, but we reckon that you've got a better plan, so let's go your way. You know, to many people, it didn't make sense to give up a good teacher's salary. Ray was a teacher for a few years, to become a pastor, or for me to close my business to volunteer full-time at church. Or even now, for us to leave the place that we called home for 14 years to come here to Cromwell and plant a church. And there's no cafes open after 4 o'clock. <laughs> like, God, what were we thinking? My goodness. There's no McDonald's. <laughs> there's no McDonald's. <laughs> I know, like, hello. How do you, how do, you do youth ministry <laughs> with no McDonald's? What were you thinking? I know. But, you know, God has a plan. <laughs> <laughs> God, <laughs> but you know, like, but God placed in our, in our hearts a desire to please Him first. We said to God once Ray became he was um, making pastor at Invercargill Christian Centre. We said once that happened, we said, okay, God, that's it. We're here until you until you tell Come us on. otherwise. Awesome. Now, our plan was we were going to go teach in Japan for a few years. Ray was going to teach English. I was going to take photos because they really liked New Zealand photographers over there and it was going to be awesome. We're going to travel and eat lots of sushi because I love Asian food. And then God's like, no, you're going to stay here. I'm like, okay, cool. And so we decided, right, we're going to, if we're here, we're in it, we're in it for as long as God wants us here and then we'll go do whatever else he wants us to do. Awesome. You know, and... You know, he placed in us a, a desire to put our heart, him first. Now, he called and we accepted. Has it been easy? No. As Ray said, there's no McDonald's here. <laughs> like, actually, I'm not a big McDonald's fan, but, you know, for yeah, some people, it's a big thing. Is it easy? No. Worth it? Absolutely. And will we do the same thing over again if we were given a do-over? Heck yes. No, I wouldn't change a thing. Because if I'm not walking with where God is taking us, then I don't want to be walking there. Right. I remember someone saying years ago, you know, if loving God is wrong and following God is wrong, I don't want to be right. And it took me a long time to go, I can speak that and that's how I want to live. Because I want to be right. I want to make sure I'm like, I'm like a good kid. I want to make sure I do things right. So if loving God was wrong, I don't want to do it. But if it's wrong, I don't want to do anything else. You know, it took me a long time to come to that point where... That's all I want. But I wouldn't change a thing. Now, when you live for the cause of Jesus Christ, you will come up against people who will try to discourage you, distract you, and stomp on the call that God has placed in you, just as David's brother did. Now, he was criticized for coming to the battlefront and accused of having selfish motives. You may find those that were once close to you find the light within you now offensive as it highlights to them their own failings. And maybe their passion for the cause has wavered. And your enthusiasm and uncompromising faith is a painful reminder for what they've let fall away. I want to encourage you that in those seasons, don't allow the enemy to sow doubt. Now, living for the cause is not all sunshine and roses. There are challenges, as there is with anything in this world that is worth fighting for. And the challenges will pass, and you just need to stand. I stand solid in your faith, stand solid in the knowledge of who you are, of the identity in Christ, of who God has created you to be, and solid in the call that God has placed on your life. Now, the course has a price, but it comes with great reward. You know, 18 months in, after leaving all we had in Invercargill, our own house, the kids are settled, we're great friends, there's coffee after 4 o'clock, 
you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. No? I'd much rather be exactly here as we are in this room, but like minus a million degrees outside, <laughs> loving God and being on the journey. And the reward on this side is so much better than our fear for not stepping out into what he has for us. The cause is not limited by your circumstance. I kind of touched on that a wee bit before. You know, but when you look at the cause of the lo- in the life of our biblical heroes, it's not the same for any of them. You know, these circumstances were different for each of them. For some, the cause was to speak out against injustice. For others, it was giving up all material possessions and family to share the good news with nations and people who are yet to hear the name of Jesus. What the cause looks like in your life will look different to the cause in the life of the person sitting next to you. You may not know what it looks like in your life, and I want to encourage you. Ask God to reawaken dreams and reignite passion. Because you may have given up on dreams, but God hasn't given up on those, and he hasn't given up on you. And I want to encourage you, there is always time. There is always time. And our God is outside of time, and he will make up your lost time. You may think, God, it's too late. It's too late. You don't know what I've done. Life didn't go the way we thought. It's not too late. Our God's outside of time, and he can fix it in an instant. You know? And he will. You know, God will reignite those, those dreams. You might think, my circumstances don't allow it. I'm at home with kids, I'm working full time, I have a mortgage to pay. You know, it's okay. Because God, He can sort all that. He is above your circumstances, He is in the midst of your circumstances, and He does not need you. Oh. Father, I just pray right now for all of those dreams that have been that have been pushed aside, that have been set down, that have been let to fall to the ground. Father, I pray for those seeds, Father, to start to blossom and bloom right now, Lord God. It may be winter out there now, Lord, but I believe it is spring. Father, that you're bringing forth a new thing, Lord God. And I thank you for those dreams and visions that you've placed in people's hearts. The dreams that are bigger than themselves, Lord. And I just declare right now, Lord God, let the sleeper awake. That the things that have dormant in people's hearts, Lord God, they've laid dormant in this land, Lord God. I call them forth. And I declare an awakening. I declare an awakening, Lord God. I declare a, um, oh, Lord, I declare a spiritual gold rush in this place, Lord God, where those that have walked away from you, Father, will, will come back, that the prodigals will return home, Lord God. Father, and they will bring with them their families, Lord God, that they will bring with them, um, Father, just incredible fire and passion and faith, Lord God. And I just see, Lord, that there will be a radical awakening, Lord God, that will change the face of this nation. Lord God, I declare, Lord, that young and old will turn to you, Lord God, that families will be reconciled, Lord God, that salvation will come to this place, Lord God. I declare that healing will come to this land, Lord God. Lord, I declare in places of hopelessness, Lord, that hope will be restored and that hope will be the prevailing prevailing heart, the prevailing spirit over those places, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we cannot do this in our own strength, Lord, but in yours. Lord, thank you that it is not us in our own might, Lord, but it is you by your spirit, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray these dreams and passions that have fallen to the ground, bring them forth. Lord, I see them coming forth, springing forth, Lord God. Give them deep roots, Lord God. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
thank you, Lord. I just break all fear and thoughts of I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't. <coughs> you can't, but God can. I declare that God can and God will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But when, when we came here, people said to us, why do you have a Cromwell? It's really hard. It's a hard land. The people are hard. <laughs> like, hello. The ground out there is hard. Like, race to bang the flags and with a hammer. <laughs> but you know what? God said to me, there's an awakening coming. Come on. Things have laid dormant in this place. Awesome. There is a rich heritage That's right. of of gold miners in this place. Come on. And I believe that there is a spiritual gold rush coming awesome. where things that have gone dormant in the Jesus. land will awaken. You know, I believe it won't be hard to farm here. I believe that the people won't be hard and broken. That's right. But there'll be people of faith. That Come there'll on. be people who stand strong in the face of adversity. There'll be people of faith. There'll be people who um, are just awesome. loving and fertile ground. Awesome. I just see that this blend of central Otago, that God is doing stuff. And I'm excited. Come on. And that's why, that's why when God said go, after I had my wee hussy fit and tantrum, because <laughs> um, let's be honest, it happens at times. I mean, I'm like, yeah, summer all year round. I'm like, really? You know, but that's why I believe that we should be here because God is doing something. And I don't want to miss out. I don't want to. I don't want to look back on my life and go, God, you told me to do this, and I didn't do it. And someone else got to do it because God's going to do it regardless. Yeah. Jesus. No, I, I, I want to. I want to have my piece of that. I want to know that I have stepped into all that is that God has for me, and look back and have no regrets. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like. And I know for each of you, it's all going to look different. I don't know what it looks like for you, but I know that God has you here in this place for a reason, whatever that may be. And you might just think, oh, it's my circumstances. My parents live here. I was born here. No, God has placed you here. He has thought about you. He has placed you here in this place at this time. And I'm excited to see. God is awakening a cause within each of us. You know, and I just, I'm excited to see. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm excited. And that's awesome. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> but I just want to encourage you, if... if if any of this resonates with you, if you're wanting prayer, we would love to pray for you. We're going to um, put on some worship in just a minute. And the altar is open here for prayer. If you don't know, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, <coughs> and you're wanting to know more about him, I would love to talk with you and pray with you. You know, um, Because I've got to tell you, the relationship with him has been the most wild ride. You know, It's the biggest adventure. It's the most, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And even, life is not all, you know, fairy tales and roses, but he gives you the strength, he walks through with you. He doesn't abandon you when you go, because life happens, but he doesn't abandon you when life happens. In fact, he gives you the strength, he gives you resilience, and he, um, he lifts you up in those times.